My neighbor, neighbor and friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. I was uh, afraid to do this talk show in Washington, D.C. I didn't start here. I started in Chicago a few years ago. And it's always um, a daunting task when you move to a new city. And you, you're kind of scared for absolutely no reason. And there's really no way to get over that other than, you know, doing the show. So it, it took a lot of time to find the looking glass. It took about 10 venues, took about four weeks to, to find the right type of venue. And we found it. And that's why we're leaving. This is our last show at the looking glass. We had seven months here. It's exactly how long Conan had. And I feel like we've accomplished just as much as Conan did. We're, Ian and I are going to get paid out the ass by NBC to move to the Wonderland Ballroom a few blocks away. But, um, I was very, very afraid. I was like, will this fly somewhere else? I'm like, well, I don't even know why I thought that because it's not like it was going so well at home either. It's just like you just have to do it enough. And that's what we're doing. We're doing this show enough so it gets really good. And as soon as it gets to mediocre, we leave venue. So the goodbye looking glass. Uh, I used to be in bands um, because I'm a white male and you have to be. And I, di I did that for a lot of years. And we used to play around Chicago all the time. We'd play a few times a month. Uh, it was a garage rock band. It was a three-piece. It was uh, very loud, very angry, because once again, you're white, you're male, you have to do those things. But it's really hard to, to tour with a drummer who, period, it's really hard to tour with a drummer. So rather than um, bring him on out-of-town gigs, we usually just play as like a two-piece, because nothing says a night on the town like going to see a two-piece garage rock band. It was very, very awkward. Uh, my friend and I would, would strap our acoustic guitars on our backs like real shitty troubadours and travel via Megabus to random cities that Chicago hit. I would book these shows. I'd book these bus tickets months in advance. Uh, Megabus releases all of their tickets in like four-month increments. So you can buy all of June, July, August, September, and like May. So what we would do is buy every single weekend a trip to Minneapolis, Milwaukee, uh, Des Moines, because we were stupid. And one of those trips he booked to Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, home of the Rock and Roll Hotel. And absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's the home of the Rock and Roll Hotel. Local joke. Not really a joke. Uh, it, it's also the home of uh, no department stores because Drew Carey is a liar. So we went, to, we went to Cleveland the first weekend in January. That is not the ideal time to go to Cleveland. We, got, we had two shows booked. We had a show booked... January 4th and January 5th, two nights in Cleveland. For some reason, a four-star hotel was $50. It became clear why a four-star hotel was $50 in downtown Cleveland. Take the four-hour trip, however long it is, get there, we check into our hotel, we rehearse for a few hours, and we decide, hey, we have some time, why don't we just walk to the venue? It's only four miles, it's not that far. Four miles and about three feet of snow, because whatever, you have to do stupid things. We walk to the venue, and we walk in, and it's not going to be a good show. It's one of these places that's a dive bar but never wanted to be a dive bar. It's like a failed sports bar with just everything was, like, yellow tinted by all the smoke. And I don't even think you could smoke inside. It was that kind of place. We, we get into the venue, and we're like, should we even tell them where the band? We're like, no, let's just feel it out for a little bit. Uh, two people are there. It's 9 p.m. on a Friday night. Two people. And uh, we're like, fuck it. We came all the way here. We should play the show. And they point us to where we're going to be playing, which is two stools in front of a, uh, a broken, giant 
big screen TV. Not flat screen, just a giant big screen TV. We're like, fuck it. We got to do this. And we, we play our songs. We play 30 minutes of original material because that's what we told them over the phone because this is pre-Yelp and pre-email booking. This, we're very dumb. We play. It's not going well. Uh, we were like, okay, we gotta. Well, let's play 30 minutes and just see if we can get away with that. No, 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 no. We promised them two hours, so God damn it, you have to play two hours. We go to the bar, we have a drink, and while we're having a drink, we're witnessing the beginnings of a fight, a fight that's going to develop into fist and knives because there four gentlemen are arguing over a $12 bill. Why was the bill so small? Because they had jello shots for a dollar, yet no one wanted to pay for the 12 shots of alcoholic jello. This is that kind of bar. Things aren't going well in Cleveland, ladies and gentlemen. We get a talking to. Listen, we don't care if it's original. We want some classics. We want some Doors. We want some Neil Young. We want some Zeppelin. Because nothing sounds better than Zeppelin with two guitars. From So we're like, okay, let's do that. Um, we're a few beers in, so we're like, okay, we're either going to die or be the best thing ever tonight. Guess what? We're the best thing ever. We sell the next hour and a half of music as Doors covers. We're really, really, really big Doors fans, so you guys don't know these covers. These are like seasides, like they were never even released. I'm just repeating choruses of our original songs a la Jim Morrison. It goes over swimmingly. A guy, like the three guys left are fucking in love with us. They're buying us drinks. Once Just Gentleman says, hey, where are you guys staying? Oh, we're, we're downtown. We're by the stadium. I'll drive you. Why not? I'll take a ride, random 50-year-old man with a weird gut and weird hair. I'll take that ride. We get into the car without choice. Uh, he opens the front door for me. Why not? This can't possibly go wrong. I get into the car. You guys want a drink? Of course we want a drink. That's the best idea possible. Let's drink in your car while you drive us around Cleveland. You know what he had to drink, everybody? MD 2020. He was very liberal with his sharing of his MD 2020. Fuck it. I might die. I really can't judge his bum wine right now. I'll just take it all in and put it into my body. He wanted me to put other things in my body, too. All of a sudden, I'm getting a thigh massage. Fuck it. Apparently, this is our hotel right here. Guy on the highway now driving us fast. Let's just get out here. We do. Luckily, we're only one stop away, so it's only another half-mile walk. It's about 140 at this point. They stopped selling beer at 2. Luckily, all the gas stations sell beer, so we're kind of fighting with the gas station attendant. Hey, it's only 155. You have to legally sell us this 12-pack of Miller Lite through your bulletproof window. What you can do is easily just take all the bottles out and pass them through the glass, and that's what happened. We drink, we drink, we drink, we drink. We go to the, back to the hotel, and for the next hour, uh, Mike, my uh, guitarist, friend, band member, wouldn't it be great if he was none of those things? He was just a guy named Mike was in the hotel, but no, it's an actual guy named Mike that I know. We just drink all these Miller Lights. We're both hating ourselves, hating our lives, and we're like, this is going to be one of those shows that we look back on and say, we did it. It's not like that at all. In reality, we should have never played the show. We learned absolutely nothing from doing it. The next night, we played a different venue in Cleveland. It went just as poorly. But here's the point. Sooner or later, we're going to figure this out. And a place like The Looking Glass is really helping us figure this out. And um, people like Ian, who's an amazing... What are you considered, a musician, a sideman? What do you, what do you want to be called for the show? We never actually clarified that. Bon a bon vivant. He's making up words. He also knows he has a microphone but chooses not to use it. But uh, it, it's, it's really great that we got to spend seven months at the looking glass. I couldn't have, think, think of a, I couldn't have thought 
I could have thought of a better venue to start out in D.C., and we're very, very happy that we're moving to the Winterland. But we're going to do one more show tonight, and uh, I want to introduce our guest. We have Katie Balloons. Everybody, please put your hands together for Katie Balloons. We have Anupama. Oh, fuck. Did I get that right? Kind of. Anupama. Pillalamari. Fuck. She's really funny. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And because it's our last show and we wanted to keep it, you know, at home, Ian, for the first time, is going to be our musical guest. And he's going to play some songs. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Ian Walters. Yumi Them Everybody presents Sabado Gigante, Saturday, June 25th. We're throwing a party, and we're bringing back all our favorite guests. Broadcasting from Esmeralda's house, a show so gigante, we're going 10 hours. Don't miss Sabado Gigante, Saturday, June 25th. For more details, check out YumiThemEverybody.com. Walters, everybody. Ian can be found every Sunday night at the Wonderland Ballroom and every Wednesday night here at the lovely Looking Glass Lounge. Ian, how are you? I'm well. I'm well, B. End, end, of, uh, end of an era here it, at the This Looking is Glass. the end of an era. Um, do you know the song Graduation? Yeah. Is it by Vitamin C? Yeah. By Vitamin C. Do you know the song Graduation by Vitamin C? Is that the one that goes, that's not my name. That's not my name. I really... <laughs> is that that one? I like you because you were able to say that and people laughed. And if I said that, they would just stare at me blankly with anger. <laughs> no, that's very. I, I haven't seen you in a while. We've done a lot of shows without you recently. Why is that, sir? Well, it sounds like the shows uh, uh, went well, despite the fact we that had I wasn't out there, of ten, so. we had a five, a nine, and a two. So no. Okay. That's well, not a good average. It's always better than the Orioles or the Nationals. That is true. Local jokes. Um, I was in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, playing the Med Flory Jazz and Blues Festival. How was that? Was it fun? It was great. It was in a uh, uh, fun sports fact. It was actually in Logansport, Indianapolis, which was the childhood uh, home of first baseball commissioner uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Exactly. So that's uh, how we all think of Indianapolis, the home of the first baseball commissioner. It was uh, it was it was a nice series of show. Very nice people. Lots of uh, well, more white people than I'd ever seen in my entire life. Oh, really? You haven't been to the Midwest much, have it's you? It's really really white out there. One of the things I uh, was worried about when I came to DC was uh, how am I going to find someone with your makeup as my sideman? And I found him. I'm very happy with that. I don't. I'm not wearing any makeup. What? <laughs> I'm not wearing any makeup. You're not wearing any makeup. What does that mean? Why would you say that? Is the past tense of Weatherby Weatherbin? Yes, the past tense of Weatherby is Weatherbin. I thought so. Stop trying out new material. <laughs> <laughs> you also were at a wedding. I was. It was my best friend from uh, high school who is now an attorney with the uh, Department of Justice. How was the wedding? It was, uh, it was a fancy pants wedding. It was, at the, uh, it was Trinity Church in Georgetown, then the Hay Adams afterwards. The bride's uh, father was a uh, major general in the Marine Corps, so when it came time for him to give the, uh, his remarks as the father of bride, his first line out of his mouth was, well, when I finally made general, 
So it was it was kind of uh, it's, it's good that he didn't make it about him on his daughter's big right, day. Right. It's very nice. Touching. touching. Did you learn anything from that wedding? I'm getting married in 15 months ish. My fiance is looking at me like it all depends on how this show goes. Do you have any advice for me? Um, great open bar is key. Great open bar. Here's my theory. I don't know if I've talked about this on the show. We're doing an open bar. That's a given. But but here's the big but. You have to pay for shots. Here's why. Here just it's a thought, fiance. It's not the law. It's a thought. Here here's the thing. No one's ever started a fight after saying, "Hey, get me that beer." But a lot of fights have started over, "Here's 18 shots." Now, if we charge for shots, We'll end up paying for the open bar, but we'll still serve everything if somebody wants it neat or on the rocks. If they just think about it for a half a second, they won't have to pay for the exact same amount of alcohol. And we'll have it in a bigger glass so they look classy and not underaged. What are your thoughts on that? I'm pretty sure from my days in Catholic school that Jesus' first miracle was making sure that people didn't have to pay for shots at a wedding. I don't think we're going to be able to top that. It was very good. Thank you. Are you ready to play our first guest on? Let's do it. Without further ado, everybody, please put your hands together for Katie Balloons, everybody. Katie, how are you? I am beautiful. You're very confident on the microphone, aren't you? Well, um, I've had a little bit of experience. Do you want to talk about that experience? Well, where are we going to start? You were you have been on the television. I've been a live performance artist. I've been a television performance artist. Do you approach I've, them differently? Yes, and it was a, a really wonderful uh, learning curve to finally be on television, uh, on this, this mainstream media. Um, I've always been a stage performer, and, and suddenly you, you can't look at your audience. You, you can't see that guy right there who's chewing kind of funny with the half smirk. You know, you can't rely on him to get a laugh anymore. All you have is the camera. What, did you st- what exactly do you do? You've been on television for a reason. You're a live performer, but you're not the typical live performer. I am Katie Balloons. That is... But um, that was not the name on the birth certificate. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> We're not talking about the name of the British circuit. There's a reason why your name is Katie Balloons. Oh, because I, I love balloons. Because you love balloons. A party's not a party without a I little bit of latex, now is it? You, l- <laughs> you set me up where I can't say anything except if it's lewd, so I will not follow that up. But you were a balloon artist. And variety entertainer. And a variety entertainer. I'm Washington, D.C.'s favorite balloon artist and America's favorite balloon girl. <laughs> Have you ever thought about getting that tattoo across your abs a la thug life? Well, um, I'd like to be buried in the Jewish cemetery, so I'm going to skip that tattoo. Will your coffin have balloons attached to them, and will it float? Well... A la the everlasting flame. I think that's what it... No, you it's know, not I, I, Ultimately, I don't think I'm going to have that much control over that. I will be dead. What if you tattooed all of that <laughs> on your stomach a la thug life so people knew when you passed in like 300 years... <laughs> How it will go down or yeah. up because it's balloons. I, I'd like to know where am I going to be buried then? Am I going to be buried in the sky? In the sky, in Balloonia. <laughs> in Balloonia? That's where all the balloons go when you release them into the air. It's like a balloon heaven. <laughs> what else is in balloon heaven? <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Do you think Jenny Jones will go to balloon heaven? Was she the talk show host? She was the talk show. Do host. you look up to her? No. 
you I look do, like I look, her. I look like her. I also have fake breasts and breast cancer. Figure that one out, folks. I sure as heck hope she's not in Balloonia. Let me, let me just she's say that. She's still alive. Oh, I mean, when I get there is what I meant. You're not a big Jenny Jones. What do you think of Rude Jude? I, uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. drawing a blank. Yep. When did you start doing this? Because this is not the cr- typical career path. I started around age 22. I was actually a blue-collar actor and entertainer, and I was just looking for any way that I could hustle up a dollar. And um, when balloons came into my life, they, they were just a buck for the first six months. Are you laughing at my passion? No one's ever uttered when balloons came into my life <laughs> with such sincerity. I've, I found my calling, and I feel blessed. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Describe a typical Katie Balloon's experience. I Not ge- your life, your show. I generate as many smiles as possible. That's my mission. Like, the more smiles I can ring up in a day, the, the better I have lived. And so, and that's what I try to do with my shows. I just feel out the energy of the audience, and I figure out what to give them in that moment. That seems to be quite difficult if it's television. Exactly, which is, is why I was so lucky to have that experience. It really broadened my horizons. Uh, the show reached 1.5 million uh, viewers each week. So my brand of, of humor and the things I had to say and my voice and my face got to, to get to all of those people, which has made me a more universal performer, I think. It's just put me out in the mainstream consciousness so I can be a better live performer now. What's more important to you, uh, being a better live performer or being a better television personality? Well, ultimately, if, if the goal is to generate as many smiles as possible, then you need a combination of both, right? Okay. Television's going to be the way to, to get it out there more effectively. Do you know anyone else that's trying to do what you're doing? Um, is there a community for this? For generating as many smiles no, as possible? No, no, there's a lot of communities <laughs> for that. <laughs> To get to Balloonarnia? Balloonia? Balloonia. Balloonia. Um, no, there's, there is. There is a, a national and international community of balloon artists, and I feel really blessed to be um, recognized you know, uh, as, as somebody that people look up to in that industry. Have you traveled a lot with this show? I, I, I do travel. I travel uh, you know, regionally, nationally, internationally. I, it seems to be the, one of the very few uh, forms of art where you can go to like Asia and not worry about the language barrier. It was am- it, when I worked in China for two months. That's when I learned how to uh, to to do a show uh, without language. I, I did speak, you know, wah, wah, yeah, bow, bow. But um, was that racist? E R Sun Su Wu. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, yes. Um, yeah, it was great. Absolutely great. This is both the most interesting and oddest interview I've done in quite a long time. I'm going to flip the script now. Now, why is it odd, Brandon? When I found my balloons, I found my passion. That's <laughs> You're America's favorite balloon girl. I am. That's not the norm. It's kind of great. You see, the reason why I'm America's favorite balloon girl is because I was on this television program with with two other men. Uh, The three of us have had the most exposure of any balloon artists ever, but the way I see it is is, um, I am the only female, so I can claim the title of America's favorite balloon girl. Whereas either of them, they'd have to duke it out for... How would that... Would you judge that competition? Excuse me? Would you be able to judge that competition? Oh, Is between he- Brian and Adi. Yes. Oh, um, I, you know, I, hands off here. Hands okay. off, you know, uh, politics. Speaking of hands on, I don't know. That was a stupid transition. Right you were here. just at the White House. Oh, I was, and I got to meet Bo Bama. 
You get to meet the dog? Yes, I got a picture with the dog. It was great. <laughs> uh, what exactly did you do at the White House? Um, I had to make some balloon topiaries that we put up on poles. It was a really simple gig. When the woman called me, she's like, Hi, I'm in downtown D.C. I've got something really simple. What is it? Uh, topiaries. I know you don't ever do topiaries because you're an artist. Where are you located? The White House? Sure, I'll make you some topiaries. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, but the job went well, and I hope I get to go back and, and show them some more of my personal brand of ballooning, not just the generic stuff that's been being done since 1972. Could, the, could ballooning salt? What? Ian had a question. What's a topiary? Topiary. Thank you. Well, okay. Okay. Fair question. Uh, it is one of the most basic elements of balloon decorating. Um, it's simply 12 balloons all attached at the center in their nozzles. It creates kind of a, a ball. And it's, you know, it's nice, it's fancy. People usually stick them up on poles or sometimes they're centerpieces. But it's very simple, and it's been done. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. Do you ever work with helium? <laughs> um, helium is actually, um, we're running out of it. Believe it really? or not. There's a helium shortage. There is a helium shortage. So we all need to start coming up with creative ways to, to make balloon installations by, by hanging with wire or with monofilament, yada, yada, yada. So, I mean, I uh, only use helium when I have to. I don't want to be a part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. <laughs> Speaking, uh, thank you. Thank you guys for that. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I oftentimes feel an immense amount of guilt because I, I believe uh, in, in green living and, and, and making our environment and our world a better place. And I feel like with balloons, I'm just creating more immediate waste. And um, sometimes I, I, I don't know how to cope with that. So when you go home tonight, say a prayer for All me. All right, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> do you ever go to 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee or a Big Gulp? Absolutely, and that's oh, the you same, do? It's that the same creates thing. way well, more Well, not waste, a Slurpee so. or a Big Gulp. I'll get a cup of coffee. But, yeah, it's the same exact thing. Yeah, you should feel guilty about that. I know, and that's why I try not to feel too guilty about the balloons, right? Uh, is this your water? Okay, Brandon, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I tried to share something that I was insecure about with the audience, and now you're making me sweat. <laughs> you're making yourself sweat, lady. You've been inside of balloons. Many times a week. A week? <laughs> do you just go home? I'm going to hop into a balloon. <laughs> Only if I got a sexy man waiting for me, we get when, in together. Wouldn't he have to put... Um, that was stupid. <laughs> that was almost a Leno joke. Um, do you think Leno... Leno would love you, I bet. I would, I would love to take an appearance on Leno, and maybe if I get back into the television circuit, that will be um, You'd be possible. more appropriate on Letterman, though. Well, uh, you know, uh, beggars can't be choosers, yes, I Yes, they can. There was a guy that wouldn't take a camel a blue from me, but he would take a camel menthol from me. So, yes, beggars are choosers. Well, when it comes to cigarettes, I, I am too. I will only bum an American spirit. You hoity-toity lady. <laughs> really? American spirits, yes. Because if you want to die, it has to be the natural way? What's <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, they just taste better. Okay. Hey, guy in the band that agrees with her, good job. <laughs> I, I know you're in a band, and usually bands agree with that. I don't agree with that. I want chemicals. Okay. What's your goal? I know making people smile is it, but, like, what is, like, do you want to host, like, an hour-long variety show featuring balloons? and? You know, I, I um, have always let my career kind of unfold itself to me. Um, I only need to earn enough money to support myself in a decent lifestyle while 
creating my art. And from there, everything else is gravy. And um, I, I hope for the best. What do your parents think of this? Mm, they're incredibly supportive. Really? My father was not happy when I dropped out of college and became a go-go dancer, but... <laughs> Where were you a go-go dancer? Um, in my hometown of Newport News, Virginia. How many j- jobs for go-go dancers were there? Like two? J- just at the Junction Cafe. It was right across from Fort Eustis. <laughs> Did you get paid to do this? Yeah. It was a, it was a How does go-go dancing pay? Is it decent? Um, they, they put some dollar bills up on the table and uh, y- you shake a little. So you're not nude. You're essentially just wearing like a swimsuit. Basically, yeah. With but boots. Right. But uh, that's how I, I started my uh, professional performance art career. I dropped out of college. I said, no, I want to spend my youth in my field. I got a job at a, a dinner theater, you know, one of these ones that they have in the hotel banquet rooms and they do it every weekend. And I worked as a go-go dancer. And then I eventually, you know, became a full-time blue-collar actor and... Um, you know, I worked in a, a, a historical haunted house. I, I worked. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> How could something be historical if it's made up? Well, because it was based in Richmond, Virginia. It was called Haunts of Richmond, and it was about all of the different ghost stories uh, of Richmond, Virginia. Okay. I lived in Richmond before D.C. Anyway, so yeah, after yeah, Richmond. That's right. Um, yeah, so after a blue collar acting and switching into balloon art, you know, I've. I've found what I want to do for the rest of my life. If only I could find a partner to share my life with, then everything would be complete. Jewish men only apply, please. Seriously? (laughs) Well, maybe if you weren't so fucking bigoted, you'd have a man. (laughs) Um, I'm actually not a bigot. I'm a tribalist. That's bigotry. (laughs) Hey, which one do you like better of these? This one, because it's reusable. Well, this one's black. Now you hate it, right? No, that's stupid. You know what, it's Brandon? It's not Jewish. Brandon, that's what I meant to say. Uh, Brandon, you know what? No, 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 no. Clarify here. I just want to marry, share my life, and hopefully reproduce with a Jewish man. I have lots of friends who are not Jewish. Would you adopt? Yeah, for sure. Would the baby have to be born Jewish? No, I mean. Then why does it matter? It's just tradition. I'll stop talking about it. There's a lot of traditions that I'm not a fan of. I'm a fan of you, Katie. I'm not a fan of you right now, That's okay. Now, Brandon. It's my talk show. All right. <laughs> Let's end this. Once we got to that point, that's when we end the interview. This oh. is a question from the Kids Book of oh, Questions. Oh, Brandon. You're delightful. You have been in balloons. That's both odd Maybe and I'll inspiring. put you inside of a balloon one day. I'm not Jewish. 160, 162 to 235. Pick a number between 162 to 235. I'm serious. 64. 162. <laughs> Two twenty-two. Two twenty-two. Fantastic. We're out of that number. You get two twenty-five. We're retiring the book this year. That's why we're missing a lot of numbers. Two twenty. Oh, this is a good one for you. Two twenty-five. What is the bravest thing you ever did? It's a very dramatic pause. Because it's a very important question. It's from the Kids' Book of Questions by Gregory Stock, <laughs> PhD. I know what it was. It's when I packed my stuff up when I was living with my first serious boyfriend in small, podunk Newport News. I packed all my stuff up, and I said, I got to go. I got to go somewhere bigger. I got to live my life. I could have gotten stuck there and married him. So I didn't, and here I am. We're going to say, wish you farewell. People can follow you where... Oh, um, I'm at katieballoons.com. See, that's how you do a website, future guests. Very simple, very basic. If you, if you Google it, it'll show up right away. 
this is how you promote. This is n- I'm not knocking any former guests specifically, just all of them. Let this me, is exactly how you do it. Let me, Katie, let me, you know your shit. Good job. Thank Continue. you. I, I, I have a, a little ditty I'd, I'd like to leave you all with. Um, it goes like this. <gasps> Katie Balloons, Katie Balloons, katieballoons.com. You Need Them Everybody wants to thank you for listening and also for subscribing to us on iTunes. We can always use the extra support though, so why don't you say something nice about us on iTunes? Go ahead, give us a five-star rating. This type of thing helps us out a lot and doesn't cost you a dime. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the show. Coming to the stage, someone I'm pretty sure isn't Jewish, but not 100%. She's one of my favorite female comedians, hell, comedians in Washington, D.C. Please put your hands together for Anubama Pilamari. Pilamari? Please clap for her, I'm awful. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally standing up. Uh. Brandon, you got my you got my name like incredibly well, but I am Jewish. You are Jewish. Yeah. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm not Jewish. I'm not Jewish. Wait, at all. would you convert for the joke? Would I convert for a joke? Yeah. Yeah, good. Real comic there. Of course, I would convert for a joke. Um, yeah. So, uh, right, my name's Anupama. Um, it's a Sanskrit word. It, it means without comparison, and I've always liked it for that reason. But I looked it up in this uh, book of Sanskrit baby names, right? And it goes, Anupama, matchless, incomparable, ginger. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's awesome, because that was my stripper name anyway. (laughs) And uh, it's great for um, all that stripping that I do. Every day. All the time. Um... Yeah, oh, okay, so another thing that you might not know about me, right, is that I'm really, really short. No, I'm telling, the thing is, people tell me that as if it's news. They're like, oh my god, Anupama, you're so short. And I'm like, whoa, is that why I can't reach anything? I didn't know, nobody told me. So, so, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's quite a serious thing, right, because, there was this period of time, like, I was totally unemployed. I wasn't doing anything, except I was watching Discovery Health Channel all night. And what's on the Discovery Health Channel all night? Gross deformities and dwarfism. So I was watching all the dwarf shows. I was watching all the dwarf shows. And um, on one of the shows, they said that an adult, a, a, a dwarf, rather, was defined as an adult under five feet. And I'm 4'11 and a half. Right? So here I am, watching the show. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm a dwarf. And nobody told me. Right? So, so then I go, I wake up my mother, because I was living at home, right? I wake up my mom, like, dude, because I called her dude. And uh, I'm like, dude, am I a dwarf? And, and the doctor's told you not to tell me? She's like, go, ba- go back to sleep. She didn't say no. Um, so, yeah, but... but you know, th- there are very few advantages to being a dwarf, so I'm, I, I feel like I should take the ones that there are. Like, 
I need help from tall people all the time. All the time. No one ever needs help from a short person. No one's like, I dropped that. Could you get it? <laughs> At all. Hardly. I, I, I do well on airplanes, though, you know, I, and, and, and mailing myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, the other thing that I found out is that I could, if I wanted to, um, move to Massachusetts and get a disabled license plate for being a dwarf. I know. Don't you want to park everywhere? No, you can't, because you're not a dwarf like me. And then people want to say, oh, oh, you're not a dwarf because you don't have disproportionately short arms. No, 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 no. You didn't watch all the dwarf shows like I did. There's pituitary dwarfism for that. Now you know. Anyway, now you know. Shut up. Uh, oh, the other thing, the other thing is uh, back when I was, like, you know, trying to, like, do the online dating thing or whatever, like, people would be like, don't look at my bald spot. Do I look like I've seen the top of anyone's head? <laughs> Not really. So, uh, so, so the online dating was, was, was interesting. Uh, yeah, so um, I exchanged emails with this one guy once. And, you know, I sent him my picture. He sends him his picture. He sends me his picture. And he's like this skinny white dude. And I'm like, okay. And so we agree to meet for a movie. I get to the theater, and I don't see him. So then I call him. And then the dude next to me, his phone starts ringing, right? Now keep in mind, picture, skinny white dude. Next to me is a large black man. Now, uh, the thing is, how does that work in your head, right? Like, you're thinking, oh, th you know, this chick seems cool, uh, but maybe she's racist. So I'm going to send her my white picture. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. I don't know how that works. I mean, if you're going to be a large black man, just be a large black man. It's fine. Like, anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, 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 so the thing is, I, 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 was, I was single for quite a while. Not now. Hee hee. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, because the, it was like two years ago, my, my, my boyfriend at the time cheated on me for like three months. It was, yeah, thank you, thank you, yay, yay, right? Sympathy for the unemployment. So, um, uh, yeah, and the thing is, you know, there I am, devastated, whatever, so where do I end up? Of course, the self-help aisle of Barnes & Noble, and... Um, <laughs> And so there I am looking at the book. And behind me is a group of women discussing Eat, Pray, Love. Has anyone read this book? No, no. Oh, my God, you guys are great. Okay. Uh, so to summarize this book, uh, it's about this um, white woman who lives. Uh, it, she's, she's very, very depressed because her home is so large. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she has this husband who loves her, so she cries in the bathroom about that. Um, and then uh, she decides, you know, you know I, 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 my life is so shitty. I need to, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm so, you know, downtrodden. I need to go to lots of foreign countries and have a lot of fun. So anyway, so, so she, she goes, she solves her problems, like, by, um, she goes to India and she meditates and she buys herself some, like, uh, tunic tops and that kind of f solves it for her. 
Um, anyway, 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 forget them. Forget the, uh, the book club. So, so, right, so, so from there I go to, uh, so, so all this time I'm thinking, oh my god, so he cheated on me, that's horrible. He cheated on me with this, like, really skanky girl, like, really skanky, like, uber skank. And so I'm thinking, I definitely have AIDS. Uh, I definitely have AIDS, so I'm gonna die. But worse, my mother will know I had sex. I'm brown. Do you know how that works? Yeah. It's virtue above safety every time, every time. So, so but then I realized, like, um, so, uh, you know, I went in and I got tested. I don't have AIDS. Yay. Yay for me. Yay. No, no hippies. No hippies. Um, But then I I figured out, like, before I knew this, I was like, well, if I have AIDS, it's okay. I can just tell my mom that I shot up. Because honestly, I'd be better. Uh, yeah, so, so, so back to the horror cripple. No, hang on, I didn't, I didn't explain. So, um, so, so the, the girl, the girl that he cheated on me with, uh, you know, as much as I hate her, I also kind of admire her, right? Because she's, she's disabled. And, but she didn't let that stop her from following her dream of being, like, an international skank. And... <laughs> Like there are these, like there, she she went to like the Special Horror Olympics, and then there there are these montage training videos of like her training, and then her parents talking about like you know ever since she was a little girl, like she she didn't let her disability get in the way of fucking strange men, um, and now she works in an ADA compliant brothel. <laughs> and those posters, you know those posters that have like inspiration at the bottom and like a mountain on it. She's, like, on the mountain giving head to somebody. Like, on the mountain. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I should be talking about him, but that's not funny yet. <laughs> um, one last thing. So, I, I, live, I live not far from here. I live in Shaw, near Howard University. People know where that is? People know. So, whenever... Yeah. I know, right? That's the reaction that I get, right? People are like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, so the thing is, people, like, people think it's dangerous. 99% of the time you live there, you're not, you, you spend not getting mugged, right? 99.5% of the time, you're not getting mugged. You get mugged for maybe five minutes. And I actually did get mugged one time. <laughs> I did. And so they, 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 they just took my purse and they're standing there looking at me. And I look at them. <laughs> I'm like, what, are you going to give it back? Um, and then what went through my head was a thing that my mom had told me years ago. Because I, you know, me, I, like, I wanted to lay the smack down on him. But, because um, that's what I do. Like, you don't mess with this. Like, much like the Wu-Tang Clan, you don't. And so, uh, but then I remember what my mom told me, which was, um, Anupama, you're really, really short and you shouldn't get into fights. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's all I got. Thank you so much, everybody. A new from a Sit down, please. Your Hi, name buddy. is fantastic. My name is fantastic. Don't ever change it. Seriously, I wouldn't. Good. I don't. I don't. I don't actually like it when comics change their names. Uh, Louis C.K. makes sense. 
What was his name? It's very... He's from Mexico. A lot of people don't know Louis C.K. is a Mexican-born citizen. So I think it's something like Luis Rodriguez or something like that. And he would be pigeonholed into something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So going Luis C.K. Anyways. Um, Any, anytime I say I'm a comic, people ask me if I know Russell Peters. Do you know Russell Peters, the famous Canadian Indian comic <laughs> who's a billionaire at this point? He's insanely successful. So do you know Russell? Are you guys tight? Yeah. Good. Uh, what, you mention your parents a lot in your act. What do your parents think of this, and why are my peas popping so much? They don't know about this. Seriously? I mean, they, they don't know about stuff that I say. They know they that know I you're do a stand-up. this. Yeah. What do they think? Highly disappointed? No. No. Really? No. I mean, yeah. All right, good. My mom is supportive. My dad is a reserved South Indian man. So he's the same. <laughs> I have some album titles for you. You haven't recorded an album yet. Here are some potential titles. Excellent. Dwarf Like Me. <laughs> uh, sympathy for Anupama. Sympathy for the Anupama. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I'm brown, comma, do you know what, how that works? <laughs> and finally, no, this is the best, 99.5% of the time not getting mugged. <laughs> what was the network of that show about dwarfs and stuff? Was it Discovery, t- Discovery Health, usually. Okay. There's little people, there's all kinds of dwarf shows. Like there's special, there's like the smallest, the, the smallest girl in the world or something. There's like a in 94, tiniest parent. every comic talked about OJ. In 2000 and 2004, every comic talked about George Bush. In the last six months, I don't think I've seen one set where one comic doesn't mention a reality television show that completely mirrors their own life specifically pregnant at 16 i don't know i'm pregnant a dwarf show hell shark week if you're a nerd i think the key is if you want to be a successful stand-up comic in 2011 you need basic cable what are your thoughts i I agree but uh brandon what's what would be your reality show uh it'd be very very boring i I never want to do reality television the only thing I could capture that, like, no one sees is, like... Uh, I have an idea for you. The horrible binge eating followed by, like, half-acidly working out back to binge eating because I half-acidly worked out. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, I could eat this pound of pasta. I did shitty yoga. <laughs> I did shitty yoga again back to the steak every fucking meal. It's not really an, a reality show. All, the, I yell into my cat's guts how awesome I love... How awesome he is. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> That's not quirky or weird. That's just like a, a guy. That's what guys do. Yeah. All right. Here's a question from the kids' book of questions. I need you to get a number between 162 and 235. Uh, 175. 175. Thanks for listening to the question. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We don't have that. You get 194. <laughs> Which would be worse? Not watching TV for a month. Or having to come home straight, or having to come straight home and stay in the house every day for a month. Uh, wow. Um, not watching TV for a month would be worse. See, there, there's a problem with the kids' book of questions. What about computers? Kids' book of questions. <laughs> you didn't really think that through. <laughs> I could watch all the Thirty Rocks I want. <laughs> What'd you think of the last season of Thirty Rock? I haven't seen it. 
get on that. I know. Apparently, yeah, it's yeah. hard to find that network. No, I've, I've started from the beginning. I've started watching it from the beginning. That's good. There's a lot of plot development. You gotta <laughs> You'll get. It's like the wire of comedy. You don't know what's going to happen next. Have you seen the wire? I love the wire. I have seen the wire. I mean, you have to legally see the wire to live in anywhere in Northwest. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a fact. It's not a joke. Everyone's yes, you do. It's it's the law. Did I get another one? I'm doing this because I can, everyone. That's the point. I'm wait, really wait, happy wait, wait. Uh, you're in D.C. Uh, don't move to New York yet. Uh, uh, there has to be at least one brown girl in town. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, when I did, I did, um, I did, uh, shoot, I did that show in Baltimore. What's the name of that show? <sighs> Darn it. I forgot the name of the show. Anyway, I did the show in Baltimore, and you know what, Parna? used to do it a lot of times before me and it, I, I did it after she'd moved so when I went there I was like so Aparna moved so they sent me <laughs> she's very funny sure she is you sound like, like you don't agree with me I do agree you don't like other brown women do you there can only be one in this town <laughs> it's like Highlander except for thank you it took a while to get that <laughs> finally a Highlander reference it took seven months and we got it from a lady explain that um, plug your stuff. Where can people find you? Oh, ooh, people can't find me. I don't know. Is that I don't know what I'm doing yet. No, no, no. I might be on um, Tyler Sonicson's radio show sometime Jeez. soon. What? <laughs> it, do you have a Facebook account? Sure. Do you want people to friend you and follow you? Yeah. <laughs> I do. You really are a comic, aren't you? <laughs> No, anyway, yes, I'm on Facebook. If you search for Onupama, you probably will only find they're, like eight if, of us. If they're listening to the show, they're either on the website or it's in their iPod and they could just look at your name. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> That's how spelling things works. Everybody, please put your hands together for Onupama, Pilonamari. <laughs> Are you sick of shows that promise to entertain but leave you holding your dick? Are you sick of open mics? Then put down your dick and come to You Meet Them Everybody Presents every Monday and Tuesday night at the Hungry Brain 2319 West Belmont, Chicago, Illinois. Music better than anything you'll hear at an open mic. better than anything you'll hear in an open mic. Literature that isn't poetry, so it doesn't suck. And it's better than anything you'll hear in an open mic. Because it's not fucking poetry. Films from Chicago filmmakers who don't need to attend open mics. Because they don't have to. Weird stuff like some guy walking on glass that's so cool, even it would fly to fucking open mic. It's You, Me, Them, Everybody Presents. Stores open at 8 p.m., performances at 9 p.m., 21 plus only. Children should be left at home and will not be allowed in because they suck. It's You, Me, Them, Everybody Presents. Every Monday and Tuesday night at the Hungry Brain. Full lineup available at You, Me, Them, Everybody. Ian. End of an era, bro. Yep, it's the first and last time you ever called me bro on mic. It is the end of an era. Do you prefer dude? Uh, yeah, I do prefer dude. Hey, hey dude. dude. Hey, dude. Uh, the Big Lebowski made it very hard to say the word dude after 1998 and not be high. That's just true. Barking up the wrong tree, man. <laughs> 
the, to the people that have never seen Ian, how would you describe your look, sir? I'm I'm completely serious. I want you to describe to the listener at home what they're hearing. Um, who is the uh, Lone Ranger sidekick? Tonto. Tonto and Troy Palomalo had a kid. Wow, that was accurate. Not bad, right? Holy shit. You're wearing your Baltimore Orioles hat, which you do quite often. I do. I'm an Orioles fan. Grew yeah. up rooting for the Orioles. You either have that or a camouflage West Virginian college hat. True. Go Mountaineers. You are an interesting fellow. Guilty. <laughs> you play the blues and the jazz. But more the blues. Lots of the blues and the jazz in the early country. And you have very strong opinions about life. You're very, very, very intelligent when it comes to the politics. I'm a smarty pants. Apparently, I'm running your dating profile out loud. And you're, you're with one of the most lovely women you could ever be with. Crazy about her. Exactly. And that's why we get along so well. So, without further ado, you want to play a song? You want one about women or drugs? Women. Women it is. This, this one's an original. Katie Balloons, Katie Balloons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all night. I think I'm going to open up every show for the next year with that. You're welcome. You're welcome. She stood me up two times already. I was sure that I was through. I didn't need a third. Turn me into stone But then she crooked her neck And she flipped her hair And she flexed them Baby in blue Why won't this girl Just leave me alone That abuse of affection Sucking off a ref At the football game let me ask you, is it your mama's titties a silicone? Well, now, I, I like to ask your daddy exactly how he ruined you. And tell me, baby, now, why won't you leave me alone? sad part I caught her with another guy it came as no surprise to me I knew they had a hankering to bone he met me and his maker simultaneously You'll both be leaving me alone Will you make me neglect what I stand for I give up everything for you and I forget my own Well now 
I'd like to meet your daddy And ask him how he ruined you And make this only tenderfoot bitch Just leave me alone I said I want you home Make this only tenderfoot bitch Won't you just leave me alone That's right. That was quite good. Here's the first question. Yes, sir. Have you been with a woman that performed fellatio on a football referee? Or perhaps. Perhaps. Midway through that song, my fiance came up and took the drink that I was drinking. Thoughts? You noticed at a certain point my girlfriend got up and walked off. <laughs> Did you? I'm assuming you wrote that song before you met your current. Yeah, this is uh, years ago when I first uh, started uh, playing music full time. When did you start playing music full time? 2003, 2004. That's a long time. And uh, it was uh, three or four years of uh, going around town playing goofy songs like that very poorly and, and, and literally embarrassing myself and embracing failure and going home and practicing at 2 a.m. in the morning, pissing off my Adams Morgan's neighbors. And, um, you know, after you, you, you embrace the failure, and, and if, if you stick at it, uh, the next thing you know, uh, people like it. Oh, it gets good. It and gets you, and, good. And it's you don't have anything to do with it. It ain't up to you. you know? It is completely up to you because you're the one doing it. Maybe. That's, All right, whatever. It's a little fucking uh, Nietzsche-like, I think. You play a lot around town. Where's your favorite place to play? I like the Wednesday night looking glass you a great son deal. of a bitch. Those are, those are fun. Well, you know, I mean, I like the zoo bar a lot. You've come see I'm, me up at like the zoo I like seeing you at the zoo bar. Uh, if you get a um, chance to check out Ian, do it anytime you can because I've seen him. When you're here, you're usually alone. When you're true. At, when you're at the Wonderland, which will be going on uh, in July, you're either with uh, a three-piece or you're just hosting, and it's a lot of fun to watch you right. play with other guys. Or at the zoo bar... You're one of uh, six guys on stage, is that right? Yeah, five or six, usually. It's fantastic. Saxophone totally different sets. You're, you're just a, a very, very strong performer. Uh, Katie Balloons left some balloons on the desk. And is it okay if I blow them up? She said, please. she okay Whatever. with ruining the environment like that? Definitely. Uh, you got another song, buddy? Sure. Play a, do you, are you serious? Yeah, sure. We'll do Good. one. Uh, play the drug one. Drugs. Katie Balloons. Katie, that's my drug song. Shit. Go on. I want to see this first. This is really hard. For those of you listening at home, Brandon is trying to blow up one of Katie Balloons' balloons, and he's experiencing some respiratory failure. I'll give you the play-by-play. It's uh, increasing in size. Here it goes. We're about the size of a, 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 a tumor. Uh, we're, we're at bowling ball size now. He's going... We're going further. We're now at uh, NBA basketball, perhaps. Uh, he's inhaling. He's exhaling. It's larger than his head now. His face is turning red. Uh, well done. Bravo. Give it up for Brandon. Fuck yeah. That's cool as shit. Down the road. Come that junk old partner. He was loaded Just as he can be Yes, he was knocked out 
knocked out, knocked out, baby, knocked out, loaded. And was singing, he was singing, he was singing, child, it's only me. I know that six months, six months, Carol ain't no sentence. One year, I know one year, one year, child, it ain't no time. They got boys, they got boys in Angola. That done one year, they done one year, one year, now to 99. Give me my whiskey, 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 child, when I be frisky. A little water, a little water now in my throat is dry. Give me my lover, my lover, my lover, and I'm lonely. And just a little hair run, little hair run, little hair run right before I die. And won't you bring me a little bit of cocaine, little cocaine, little cocaine, baby girl on the slide. love song you've ever written to heroin? No. Good. Why you said give me the coke on the sly after you said you wanted heroin? Well, it's the heroin when you die. Is it, you know... Uh, shouldn't there be more shame in requesting heroin than coke? I don't feel that way about it. Fair enough. <laughs> Have you done heroin? No, um, I tried the Dilaudid once, you know, like the prescription heroin. Mm -hmm. No, no. But no, no street shit. No, I'm scared of needles. And If heroin was free and needleless, would you do heroin? Fuck yeah. Yeah, let's, 
Good answer. Good answer. Is Free there any- and Needleless? Oh, somebody got to come up with that. I mean... Oh, that could be your album title, Free and Needleless. We spend all this money on fucking NASA? (laughs) I don't like when people say that. NASA's not the problem. NASA needs more funding, not... Yeah, I'm taking a strong stance on pro-NASA. I'm serious. That's how we... Like, that's how developments happen. You need to put money into things like NASA. I'm I'm actually in agreement. Exactly. You want needleless and free heroin? NASA. I know it's a weird way to get there, but we'll get there one day. It'll be uh, one of the byproducts of landing on Mars. These balloons are goddamn impossible to blow up. She left me three, four, once again, audio. Do it! Do it! Do it! Okay, Katie, come back here really quick. Really, that was really cool. Quick. Um, were you an audio podcast? <laughs> and that was amazing. Will you do me a favor and do that thing again, and I'll film it? Fuck yeah. Are you okay? Are you winded? Because I'm winded by not... <laughs> you got a song? Sure, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Yeah, yeah, and then no. we'll do an hour-long intervention. Appropriate. For both of us. <laughs> We just yell excuses at each other until we do shots in two hours. I, I only know what an intervention is because it's a reality exactly. show. <laughs> Let's see how we're going to do this. Here you go, looking glass. Please don't talk about us when we're gone. Although our friendship ceases from now on If you can't say anything real nice Well, baby, it's better not to say nothing at all That's my advice We are parting, you go your way and I'll go mine It's best that you do Carry on No it don't All I know is that you better not 
That was um, that was probably the perfect song you could have ended this run of seven months at the Looking Glass with. Uh, you know that song would have been great if you played it during week one, and then we could have like closed all the shows with it. Instead, you waited seven months to play the perfect ending song ever. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Did you scat because you didn't have any lyrics? I think in a technical sense, the scatting is a lyric substitute. Yes. So uh, uh, it's, it's not that it's different from the lyrics. They are, in fact, the lyrics. What do those mean? What are those? Uh, Shoot, bip, shot, bip, ba, dilly, adop, la. Yeah, what does that mean? Is it like Sigaros? We got to ask our friend the comic over here. I think it, we're doing it in our native tongue. What? Was that racist? <laughs> No, now that was racist. <laughs> if anyone's ever wondered why Ian, that's why Ian. What could we're moving to the uh, uh, we're moving to the Wonderland like ten days from now or eleven days from now we'll be at the Wonderland for our first show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What should we have? What should we learn from the last seven months here? What did we learn? Yeah, what should we take with us so we don't make the same mistakes? Whoever said bigger audience, tell your friends. That's, That's a completely good one. right. That's, That's a good one. Tell your friends, everybody. We're it's moving a, from the Wonderland's a bigger room, so that is a step up. It's literally a step up. Are we on the second floor instead of the first and a half floor, which we're at now? Um, the good thing about the Wonderland and the Looking Glass is the exact same owners, same staff. We love everybody at both places. Here's the question that I've been dying to ask for, especially like a month now. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get rid of the. You've been talking about retiring the goddamn kids' book of questions for seven months. Retire the fucker, man. No, can we, can we be done with that thing? You were gone the first two years, sir. Uh, no, we're almost done. We have about one, oh, two. Come on, three, new this new venue, four, new start. Five, six, Let's get, just fucking kill seven, it. Like eight, nine. I got nine more questions. Ask, like, ask, ask me the nine now. Just get rid of the fucking book, man. I'll ask you one. We'll kill one. I got shows this week. Uh, in Chicago. I'll, right. I'll promise you by the time we get to the Looking Glass, we'll have a brand new book. Come on, please, please. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be just as dumb. Probably, by the, It'll probably just be part two. You know right? <laughs> All right, pick a number, buddy. This is a good way to end this what's run. The, uh, what's our uh, 162, range here? 162 to 235. How about uh, 169? That is taken. You get 166. Cool. 166. I dreaded this moment for seven months. It's like, please don't ask me a, a question from the kids' book of questions you, by Dr. Gregory. You Cohen. know this is completely your fault. You literally asked to do this. You brought the fucking book here in the first place. It's your fault. Yes, I did bring the book. The same way people bring the heroin and you put it inside your body. Okay, 166. Pretend you, can only, pretend you can own only one pair of shoes and have to choose between a pair that looks funny but feels great and another pair that looks terrific but feels lousy. Which would you pick? Uh, I, I always are on the side of comfort. And I am not, sir. Well, that, that's, you, you wear the suit every week. I look like a fucking clown, and that's who we are. Yeah, but for some reason you always come up as smarter than me, and I seem like the clown, so it really works out well. Ian, I want to thank you for doing this. You thank you, Brandon. couldn't it's have been show. better. Actually, you could have been better and showing up every week, but things happen. It's fine. Next time I have 102 fever, I'll show up. Let's, see, right, what that, show let's, up. See, what, let's see what that's like. You perform the goddamn show. No, in all honesty, see Ian whenever you can. It's a, it's a real treat, and I always forget how good he is. 
That's not a joke. If, if you're bored on a Sunday night at 8 p.m., go to the Wonderland and see them. If you're bored on a Wednesday, come here. I can't vouch for That's the nice. other ones. I can vouch for the Zoo Bar. That's a fun show, too. I highly recommend seeing Ian. Ian, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Brandon. Um, obviously, I got to thank Kelsey, and, and she's great. And All right. Oh, I love her dearly and make fart noises, too. She hates when I make fart noises. Uh, exactly. I want to thank all of our guests. Uh, we had a fantastic lineup tonight. Katie was amazing. Yeah, She's very, yeah. very charming. Anupama was awesome. I think I kind of got the name right that time. That was really good. Yeah, I like that. Finally, 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 the looking glass. Uh, tip them. Come on. You're in D.C. You're either rich or going to be rich. Give them the monies. They're very, very good people. I want to thank the looking glass. And uh, finally, last thing on the docket tonight. It's a, it's a very important person's birthday tomorrow, and that name is Pat Walsh. Pat Walsh was uh, a guest on the one-on-one -on -one show, and, and I want to sing happy birthday to him. Um uh, I don't want to sing it. I want you to sing it. He's, he's, he's one of the most important people when it comes to Washington, D.C. music that will not annoy you to go to his show because he's not in a band. He's, he's much better than every one of us <laughs> that annoy you with Facebook invites. He's an all-around great guy, and, uh, and uh, he will annoy you with Facebook invites. I take it all back. Let's, let's uh, sing happy birthday to him. So. I should have prefaced that with uh, sing it like you're Fred Schneider from the B-52s, and it's a lot more fun. If I could tell you what, what we got, who's Martin, Melanie, Melanie? Where is? Apparently, it's Melanie's birthday today. Melanie, raise your hand. Oh, you know what? How about this? How about this? Apparently, we're Chuck E. Cheese. No song for Melanie. Buy her drinks. How about that, Melanie? Yay! Fuck Pat, he got a song. Let's buy Melanie drinks. Thanks for coming, everybody, and have a wonderful night. Please unpack your packs yet. Daniel Knox. Everything you want is mine. How time can wear you down. You didn't think to your replacement. Thanks for coming. that you've been sleeping 